overcoming financial stress with the saver and the spender. I'm your host and the spender, Michael Dickey. At Fiscal Fitness Phoenix, we are the worldwide leaders in reducing financial stress. And our mission is that everyone, from the person that is overwhelmed with their finances and in debt up to their eyeballs, to the person that makes good money, has amazing goals, and wants to achieve financial independence, finally to the person that feels a calling to help others by becoming a financial coach, learn how to take the stress out of money. Hello, everybody. It is Coach Kelsa. I am so glad that you are tuning in to this episode. Um, I hope you are feeling like a financial rock star these days. Uh, This podcast is actually part two of a six-part series. We are going to be covering um, a new cognitive bias in this episode. So if you have no idea what I'm talking about, I highly recommend you pause this episode and check out episode 50, episode 5-0, where I explain what is a cognitive bias, why is it super important for you to even care about what it is, and how it's affecting your money on probably a pretty consistent basis. Um, We, in the first episode, covered the anchoring bias, and today we're actually going to be talking about a second one. We're going to be talking about the availability, excuse me, availability heuristic, and I love YouTube. I had to go to YouTube and say, how do you pronounce this word? Because I had a feeling I was saying it wrong. Um, Availability heuristic, um, H-E-U-R-I-S-T-I-C. I always joke that Thankfully, I am much better at numbers than I am with word words. Um, so, but we're going to dive into this today, and I think this is a really important one. I uh, once I really learned what this bias is and how it affects the way we process information. I have no doubt that this is very very prevalent uh, in the impact that it has on your finances and how you see yourself as a financial manager. And man, you guys, I see it in my clients all the time. And I feel like I'm such a better coach because I've done this research around, you know, what are these cognitive biases and why are they so important? Um, So what is the availability bias? The idea with this is that we are likely to place greater value on information that comes to our mind quickly. So we give greater credence to information that comes to mind really quickly and we tend to overestimate the probability and likelihood of something similar happening in the future. So it's based on this idea that we look to our memories as a source of information when trying to make decisions and on the likelihood of future occurrences. So let's see. I know this sounds a little complicated and it's like, well, what does that have to do with our money? If you think about it is our brains are going to assign more probability to an outcome that we can more easily think of. And I know when I talk with clients about some of their past financial decisions or mistakes that they've made, mistakes that we've made around money tend to have a much deeper emotional impact than a positive one. They hurt more than a positive one feels good. Because of that, it is so much easier to think about them. They come to our mind quicker. 
In other words, it's less likely that we can forget about them because of the impact that they had in the moment. You know, if you ever think about a time when you were embarrassed by something, it's like you're feeling that embarrassment all over again. You can usually have like a physical, physio- physiological like response, right? When you, when you think about that moment of like how embarrassing it was. And if you think about a moment that you were really proud, of course, you were probably feeling really proud of yourself and feeling really good. And yet it might not be as strong of of an emotion as the shame or the guilt or the embarrassment that you felt in the prior memory. And this is important to think about because when it comes to our money, because we are more likely to gather the information quickly in our brain of the times that were negative, we then place more probability on the likelihood that that could happen again in the future. Okay. That's literally what this bias is all about. So people assume because they were bad with money in the past, they are going to use that as almost a defining moment for themselves. And they then latch onto it and say, because I made bad decisions in the past, I am likely to make bad decisions in the future. Okay. If you watch the news a lot, you may believe that certain negative occurrences you know, let's say police shootings or kidnappings or really tragic events are more likely to occur than maybe what the statistics show or based on fact, because we can more readily think of an example if we're watching the news all the time. And so we might place a a higher emphasis on those reoccurring things, okay? The same happens with our money. We are going to place more emphasis on this idea of like, I'm bad with money. I can't handle credit cards. I rack up credit card debt. I can't possibly keep money in savings or I overspend or I make impulsive choices because those are more impactful to us. We remember them quicker and we then use that to define how we are with money and how we feel about ourselves. And then that affects the optimism we feel and whether or not we want to give it a fair chance again in the future and whether we want to try another way and whether we're worthy of trying something new. And I mean, it can really start to affect our psyche on how we manage money because we can define ourselves way too quickly on the past choices we made that were maybe not the best choices. So you know, how many times do you assume that you can't afford something before you ever even know the price or before ever considering the budget around a financial decision? This is one of the ways that I see this bias showing up for clients is that they'll come in and they'll say, well, I wanted that, but I, I know I can't afford it. So I'm, you know, sure that, you know, I just said no to it or I just assumed that I couldn't do it. So I just walked away. And I'll ask, well, what did you look at to, dis- to determine whether or not you could afford it? And the reality is that in times of their life, they have had a number of moments where they, they couldn't afford something. And that is a really hard feeling, right? Like when you know you want something, but you can't afford it and like really truly can't afford it, like that stings a little bit. So we remember it, we hold on to that. And so people come in, clients come in and they say they can't afford it. And I'll say, well, what did you look at? They don't, they don't even look at their budget. They haven't even actually looked at the facts, the finances around it to see if they truly could afford it or not. They allowed this cognitive bias 
to dictate a future decision. Okay. So a lot of the times we'll look at the budget and I'll say, well, let's just see, like, I don't know if you can afford it or not. Like, it's not up to me. Let's take a look and see. And I cannot even tell you how many times it's, it happens more likely that a client could totally afford it. Um, you know, maybe sometimes we have to move some things around a little bit, or we have to tweak a couple of things, but if it's something they truly want and they're willing to give up other things for it, they actually could do it. And they hadn't even considered that as a possibility because in their mind, the probability of not being able to afford something when they've experienced that in the past is more likely. So that is one way that this shows up. Um, you know, surrounding yourself. So how can we combat this? That's what I want to talk about now. If you find yourself continuously saying like, well, I'm, I'm sure I can't afford it or I'm bad with money or I can't be trusted, any of those things, it is likely that you are discounting all of the really good choices you've made over your life around money because they're not as easy to remember or recall. They weren't as impactful in those moments as some of the bad ones. Okay. And so we want to figure out like, how can we combat that? A lot of it has to do with trying to ask yourself some important questions when you're in the middle of those moments. You know, what do my older memories say about how I am as a money manager? So if I were to go through my brain and just think about some of my memories around decisions I've made, conversations I've had with a spouse, things I've done, um, you know, with my money, what do my older memories say about how I am as a, as a money manager? What do your newer or more recent memories say about how I am with my money? And this one is so important because when I'm working with a client for sometimes one month, four weeks, what they have done in that four weeks is profound and impactful and amazing and just life-changing. And yet they will still define themselves by something they did six years ago. And so it's really important to compare the two of, is that how I still am? Do I still make decisions that way? Is that really my MO? Or have I made really great choices more recently and I'm needing to give myself credit that this is the new me, right? So what are those newer or more recent memories or behaviors or choices? What are they saying about you as a money manager? Are you allowing these older memories to influence your current decisions? What decisions have you made recently without looking to statistics or using your budget entirely? So in what ways are you sort of jumping to conclusions, if you will? You know, that is your cognitive bias sort of coming up. One way to combat this is to surround yourself with people that are doing really good things financially. I think it's probably helpful that you're listening to this podcast and hopefully getting some inspirations and some actions and some tasks of good things you can do financially because surrounding yourself by that message will actually make that thought more present for you and you'll be able to jog that thought more more quickly and it will help you to believe that it's more likely to happen to you as well. Okay. So, you know, surrounding yourself by people who are doing good things or that really positive message. Conversely, surrounding yourself with people who do bad things with money will 100% influence your belief around the likelihood that you will too. So if you've got a bunch of friends or family members that are just, you know, really making poor decisions on a consistent basis, and you are allowing them to encourage you to do the same thing, be really careful of that. Okay. Ask yourself if 
whatever it is that you're saying and you're believing or whatever your fear is around money, does it have any basis in statistics? So this is one of the biggest reasons that I teach clients to look at their budget when they're about to make a decision. So we actually pull it up and we say, hey, if we had made this decision, if we commit to this choice and if we commit to this new expense or we take this job change, let's just change the budget and see what would happen. We don't even make a determination, yes or no, without making the change on the budget and then seeing, like really looking at it and seeing how does that affect everything? Like, I want to see it on paper. I want the numbers to tell me what the answer is, not necessarily like make a judgment call before or after. You know, we have been in the repeated position of, you know, not being able to afford things, or if you have been in the repeated position of not being able to afford things, it's likely that when you have to make a decision, you are going to assume that you can't afford it. Um, that's the most likely outcome simply because you're going to remember all the times that you haven't been able to afford it. These are emotionally more memorable than being able to buy something and having that be super easy and convenient. So because of that, tell yourself that I'm going to look at the numbers. I'm going to look at my budget. I'm going to strategize around this before I make a decision one way or the other. That is obviously a really good strategy for a number of reasons. Um, but mainly because of the belief around it. Like, I'm not going to decide whether or not I can afford this. I'm not going to believe or have an opinion. I'm going to look at the numbers and, and see if I can afford it. So again, this was the um, availability heuristic cognitive bias which is this idea that you are likely to place greater value on a information or a memory or a belief that comes to your mind quickly. And oftentimes sort of negative experiences um, are more in fact impactful than positive. So you may be using some past memories to tell yourself you're bad with money today. And then that belief right there is impacting how you feel about your money going forward and the kind of effort you want to place into it and what kind of goals you have for yourself and whether you think you're worthy of them or capable of them and all of those things. And I hope this podcast was helpful for you to identify maybe a belief pattern that you have that we want to curb. And of course, if you have any questions, please reach out to us. And I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Um, I, I see this as being so prevalent with clients where they have just latched onto a belief from something that happened a long time ago. And we have to work really hard to change it. But I promise you, it is worth it if you do, because it will impact the goals you have for your money and how you feel going forward. So thank you for tuning into this episode of the podcast and we will cover the remaining four biases in future episodes. Thanks for tuning in, you guys. If you would like more information about our financial coaching programs or how we can help you take the stress out of money, please check out our website at www.fiscalfitnessphx.com. Join our private Facebook group by searching Facebook for Overcoming Financial Stress with Fiscal Fitness. And if you have a passion for personal finance and are interested in helping others take the stress out of money by becoming a financial coach, check out our financial coach training program at www.financialcoachacademy.com and join our free Facebook group by searching Facebook for Financial Coaches Unite. And we'll see you on the next episode of Overcoming Financial Stress with the Saver and the Spender, where we'll help the world take the stress out of money.